And we are back with another episode. Uh, sorry if my voice sounds a little scratchy. Uh, I've been kind of suffering with the seasonal allergies. We get ready for springtime now. Uh, yeah. Say so we're going to be going over the March Madness Final Four bracket. What what a surprise that was. And more uh, Husker baseball and new in Nebraska. And maybe a trivia, but we'll have to find out. You're listening to The Last Take. Tommy Frazier, he is easily above Cam Newton. I, I highly doubt that. In Nebraska, finally beat the Iowa Hawkeyes. Key players to watch, I have Casey Thompson and Anthony Grant. All-time wins-wise, we are still probably easily the best teams. How about that block punt there? That was highlight of the game for me. I mean, their safeties could not handle our receivers. That atmosphere can get pretty loud. Oh, boy, where do you even get started? This is The Last Take. Alrighty, so the Final Four is now uh, upon us here. It is quite an interesting Final Four compared to last year. Uh, we only there's no number one or two or three seeds at all. First time. First time uh, since the seedings came out in '79. There's been no one seeds in the Elite Eight, and this Final Four concludes UConn, Miami, San Diego State, and FAU. Miami, San Diego State, and FAU are first-timers. UConn is kind of new to this, haven't been in since they won back in 2014. Blake, uh, you have had quite a ride with this. I know for sure, uh, you know, you had TCU and Kansas State going all the way. Kansas State was actually pretty close, uh, had a chance to tie it up at the very end, but couldn't handle the ball. What are your thoughts here on this very interesting and unique Final Four? Well, let's start off here. Let's. Uh, I just want to recap, kind of like one of the games here, kind of just a starting point off for a conversation. You know, Creighton losing to San Diego State. I want to give San Diego State a lot of props. Their defense has been fantastic, and they are going to cement themselves as a tough team to beat, especially because it really opened my eyes in this Creighton game. Alabama, I kind of thought that they'd have like a sort of a, a big loss, you or know, a tough game, a tough game, and I, th- they might, I, I didn't think they'd lose, but they'd have a tough game. Somewhere in my back of my mind, the Texas, so like that Texas A&M game they had right before. I, I know I brought it up. They uh, don't shoot before. good. They don't shoot good. They're done. And what did San Diego State do? They, they shut them down. They did exactly that. Yeah. So I like to go over this game, and I'm a little upset. Okay, and of course, I just want to bring this off before I get into like a, a tangent here. You know, every sport, especially down to their final few games, there's always that one game that kind of is like the black eye of like, oh, it ruined, it was such a great game, but you know, this call ruined it, Super Bowl. You know, that holding call. A lot of fans were like, oh, it's such a great game, and why did, the, why did that holding call have to really determine it? And that last foul call is a partially, in my opinion, a black eye of what was rather sort of a fantastic tournament so far. But backing up a little bit here, you know, there wasn't really many fouls called in the game. Obviously, when both teams score no higher than 60 points, it's a defensive, you're rubbing against each other, you're putting your arms on each other. It's a hard-hitting game for basketball. You know, of course, by that score, you're going to look at that. But here's the thing, all right? You call, I think there was only 22 fouls called on that entire game, and no other game had that, had, had, had like that low of yeah, amount. that low of amount. And you got guys that are dragging each other down, you know, going up for shots and stuff like that. And you decide the game on a foul like that. That's just, it rubs me the wrong way. And I know I wanted Creighton to win, of course. I mean, obviously I was going to cheer for Creighton. But, you know, Creighton had their chances too. I mean, they couldn't shoot the three there in the end. I I felt like... Well, let's be honest. Not a lot of teams are going to win when you shoot 11.8% from three. Yep. When the other team, again, they're not shooting well either, but 23%. 
But, I don't know. You know, Creighton played from behind and um, <laughs> with uh, six minutes to go. Uh, San Diego State took the lead, and they kind of really never looked back from that point of where Creighton would always bring it within one, two, and stuff like that. But they just they couldn't really get there. And then the game was tied up. And I'm like tied up with like two minutes left. When it was 32 seconds left, it was tied up 56, oh, yeah, 56. Um, and then it kind of just went off the rails there. And it, another thing that left a poor taste in my mouth is just that entire sequence of things. It just felt so discombobulated. Like you didn't really know what was going on. There really was no explanation. Like um, the inbound there with like what a, a second left or whatever. Yeah. It, there was no explanation of why the clock was off, you know, because apparently the shot clock was off or like the actual game clock was off or something like that. And they had to time it with their stopwatch. Which I- okay, so let me let me explain that for you. So basically what uh, Kenny Clark was saying on, you know, the, the postgame show was that the clock was off from the moment that the ball was tipped. Right. Because it was just a tip ball. It went out of bounds. So pretty much what happened was the clock didn't start when the ball was touched and then the ball went out of bounds. And because it didn't start when it touched, they had to go back to a stopwatch and manually clock it in real time of when the moment the ball was touched to when it went out of bounds. And then from what they, they from when they went to the stopwatch, they from they clicked it once it was on and then they clicked it once when the ball was out of bounds and apparently it was, there was enough time to call the game. So that's how that's why they went back to stopwatch and that's how it ended it. Yeah, that again that was kind of just a point where you There's know, nothing much they can do though. Yeah. It's such so close. Like, let's be honest, though. If they had time left, it would have been 0.2 seconds. Which I, I think any amount of time is worth. And it was all. And honestly, it was probably out on Creighton, anyways. I thought so too. I thought it looked I, like it was off Creighton. Clearly, that it was off Creighton. It looked like it was off oh. Creighton, so it wouldn't matter anyways. So I, they're going to call the game regardless. Yeah, I, I think that there should have been at least some because you had 0.3 seconds left. Um, that was on like the regular before they timed it with the stopwatch. Although I do think with the stopwatch, you're going to have some human error in that. So I don't think that's necessarily as perfect. I don't know. It just didn't seem as clear. You know, you're watching the game and until you had your wrap up there at the end, if you're just a regular fan, just tuning in the game and you turn it off, you know, you're not going to really know why to end on that. It was a lot of confusion. Um, you know, you're wondering why that foul was called. Um, but yeah, so I just, that was a little upsetting. And then another point I want to bring up is kind well, of just... Well, before you say that, another thing that the rest were looking at too was the M-bounder's foot was also potentially over the line as well. Which if was, that was the case, though, they would just take Ch- the ball all the way would, back and San Diego State would have 1.2 seconds left so to pass it there in. Is, so. There's actually co- quite a lot to look at at that very time. and There's nothing much, like I said, there's nothing much you can... And there's always going to be margin for human error. I mean, that's just life. Yeah. You're not going to get everything perfect right yeah. away. Yeah. I, I just think it just wasn't clear enough in the end there and that obviously the foul, you know, it's not as black and white as people may seem. You know, if you look at that in any game, you're probably going to call that a foul, right? But then if you look on precedent that was set already in the game. And no, like no calls. They yep. were like getting destroyed. A lot of these players are getting like hammered point- down. Like <laughs> <laughs> Calc Brenner yeah. was getting like, he was getting like, like. Destroyed. His jersey was getting pulled know, down and stuff and, like and that. And they weren't calling fouls. No. And, and so I, that's, that's. I do all. agree. Like, it is a foul. It did affect the shot, but also it shouldn't have been a foul at the same time because they weren't calling that stuff earlier. And you can't. I don't think you can end a game like that, especially in bat. Here's a problem. Okay, uh, this is a little bit of the tangent part right here. Is like basketball in general. You have those points where it's like, what can you do as a defender? Obviously, somebody could have been in front of him, but really in that situation when there's no time left, it's not going to be your perfect basketball play right there. You're going to see some mistakes, especially with that little of time left. 
And so I think that there should have been some leeway there, especially just with, again, that's just a last charge second to the uh, going up to the make a shot of the hoop. But again, you know, it's basketball and, you know, the defenders are oftentimes put in a lot of bad positions, you know, because just it is a it is a more softer game when you compare it to a lot of other sports. So it could be because of how much leeway there was. Maybe the defender was also thinking, I'm not going to get called for this either. Because like what you said, there's only there's 11 fouls for both sides in the whole yeah. game, which is almost rare. Exactly. Sometimes there's 11 fouls in just 10 minutes. Especially for how physical these teams are. Mm-hmm. At least San so, Diego State is. San Diego State's really fi- – and Creighton is a physical team too, but just yeah, – They've always been. But like, I don't know what he was thinking. I mean, like what Dylan said, yes, that is a foul. And I understand your point of like – if it's been the leeway the whole time, why do you call it at that time? Yeah. So. Yeah, it just it's happened in other sports again where precedent doesn't take place, and you just a call is made late, and you're just kind of like, why? Why does it have to end on this? Yeah. And it just sucks for the viewer. I think that's the worst part about it is the viewer at home. You get that, and you don't get your you don't get a chance of actually seeing the thing play out, and that's kind of the frustrating part in some of the basketball games in the end. There, it's just like. Obviously, you have to foul. That is part of, like, I'm talking about, like, just, you know, sometimes when you're down like that, you have to foul, and that's a part of it. But Crane didn't have to foul in that situation, but though. I wanted it to play out. dumb to foul. I, I would have, I would, it would have been great to see it play out because a shot was missed. Yeah. And I would have loved to see it go into overtime, and I think the fans would have loved to see it go into overtime. That's another be honest, thing. I'm going to be honest. I think Creighton probably won the, would have won the game if it went in overtime. I agree. That's how it was looking. Oh. But, yeah, I mean, the defender just made one bad mistake by putting yep. his hand on his hip. Yep. It did affect the shot, but, like, that could have been just thing where— It's also know, not the greatest shot. To, it, again— It the, wasn't the greatest shot, the but shot he, clock was he, going down he too. felt but, that. Uh, he felt his hand on his hip, though. So that's why he went up for the shot, hoping to get fouled. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then uh, moving on uh, past the Creighton game, um, just in general, I was kind of a little— Seeing the the Final Four, you know, obviously I love entertainment, and I was talking to Charlie about this. You know, I'm a huge fan of entertainment. You know, even in my favorite sport, NASCAR, I love entertainment. In any sport, NFL, I love entertainment. But there's some point where you look at the Final Four. Besides UConn, I will give UConn all the props in the world. I had to correct you on that because at first you said all four, and I was reminding you that UConn was like yeah, UConn four and Ken Palm. UConn is a very valid team, but I think the seeding is all off, and this proves it with the Final Four. Um, San Diego State deserved more respect. UConn and both Miami deserved more respect. And I just think even if you go look through this, I mean, Xavier at a three seed now kind of looks a a little off in my opinion. Um, Part of it too also could be just like the conference tournaments themselves because Xavier did or Xavier did make it to the championship game. They did make it to the championship game. Marquette beat UConn to make it to the championship. You know, and with Marquette winning the Big Ten, that's why they had that two seed because they were a three seed until they won it. Well, and you look at how also, they performed against the two teams, Marquette, UConn. It was like a two point game, and Marquette blew Xavier out in the championship game. Mm-hmm, wasn't yeah. even close. So you can also do this. This is March Madness. A lot of things can happen. It really yes. It's tough to do the seeding because. There was no dominant team this year, and there was just so yeah. many like really really good teams, and just no one was like above everybody else. Maybe Bama, but looking back now, were they? No, no. Houston was yeah. not very good. I don't opinion. think there was one team or two teams that were above everyone else. I mean, it's, you can't really complain about the seeding because it doesn't matter in the ends because it's still two teams fighting to go on to the next round. There's definitely a talent displacement but like I think FAU is the weak link here now they can prove me wrong I you know they can go into that game against San Diego State um FAU only lost three times but 
I I just think that FAU is their kind of path was pretty easy in my opinion. Yeah, I well it helps I when your one and two seed lose in the first two rounds. I would only say their win over FDU was their quote unquote easy game because like Memphis was a pretty tough team. We talked about way when this bracket came out that Memphis could beat Purdue in the second round, and they beat Memphis by a buzzer beater. Then they beat uh, Farley Dickinson by eight. That was a struggle in itself because F- FDU was, you know, hoping to get to the Sweet I 16. I mean, they're coming off a, the biggest the, win in and, college and basketball history. The history of college basketball. Then they go to Tennessee. Remember, we had they were Tennessee went on against Duke. Duke, we I had Duke in my championship. I know I, we had a lot of us talk about there in the final I, four. I, one of my brackets, I had them in the in the in the. I like, think you had them winning them all. Yeah, in one of my brackets. So, so like, like Duke was the hottest team in the country, is what people say. And Tennessee beat him by thirteen points. And you know Charlie was saying Tennessee didn't have their starting point guard. And like this team could be very dominant. You know that they have good chance for the final four. They beat them, and then Kansas State. On the other hand, everyone was. Well, really had doubt about Marquise uh, Noel put up thirty. Yeah, still, and the FAU At, barely wins. So uh, I mean, I think the West and the and the Midwest were probably your your two. I'm looking at your two best sides right now, just with like just the teams that were competing over there. I mean, you got St. Mary, uh, Kansas, uh, UConn. I would say that was the def- definitely the toughest region. Uh yeah. Um, and if Kansas, I mean, Arkansas beat Kansas, but I mean, I think UConn would have beat Kansas either way, but. That was still a really tough region with Gonzaga, UCLA, and UConn there all at the end. So, But yeah, the Midwest definitely was tough as well. Miami beating both the top two seeds in that region as well. So, and I, I, I'm, ahead, I'm not going to get... I'm, I do think FAU has a shot. I just... San Diego State, I mean, their defense is very good, so I think FAU might struggle, but who knows? I mean, I FAU has a very good shot, in my opinion, but... I'm gonna go. Back. Anybody here? I say it's it's just weird of how we have three first timers here and it doesn't have that like final four feeling like last like last year we had Kansas. You had your blue bloods. We had all we had blue, true bloods, blue bloods. There are absolutely no blue bloods here in this final four. It, it makes March Madness feel. That's that's kind of the reason why I want to go in the seating thing is that you just don't have that one team. UConn is the closest you got to of that one team. That's like all right. It kind of makes sense. They're going through here. They're a basketball school. Um, but by far. But really, I just it, it, there's just some things where I'm like the seating could have been different. Like Texas A&M kind of surprised me. You know, I was speaking highly of them, and they go out and lose. And oh, I, yeah, Penn State should not have been a ten seed. I exactly. I think that's the most criminal matchup right there is seven and ten with Texas A&M and Penn State. But we've talked about that. Baylor before. probably should have been a four seed because they they lost in the first round of the Big Ten Big Twelve tournament. They they weren't a three seed. Yeah, Creighton. I think Creighton got a little uh, hosed by. I say by the Creighton has a six, maybe a. I mean, they could have been a five, but I don't know either. I mean, just to, on that region, they had an up and down year, and some of their losses are not they great were, either. They were, they were, well, I mean, they, I mean, they lost to Texas, and you know, their early season losses were not to bad teams. You know, they're just <clears> close <throat> <teams. clears throat> the school we go to. <laughs> that's probably their worst loss at the beginning of the year, and they weren't yeah. great at all, really, until like late season, uh, mid mid to late. They were, they were, they started pulling on some wins, and then they, then they became really hot. Well, yes, because the top five of the Big East is very good, and yep. then, yep. But yeah, I mean, I'm gonna go back to the team that I've been pretty high on all year long, and that's UConn. Even though you didn't have them it's, in the it's, final yes, four to begin I with, I did not. It's one of those okay. things where, like, secretly in the back of your mind, you're like, 
I think this team can do it. But then you're like, you make the pick and you're and you and you look at. Or it. at least I just have some doubt sometimes. Yeah. Because like knowing from filling out brackets in the past, my champion has always lost in the first round when it's a two seed. That's why when actually going to the Texas Colgate game, I was getting kind of scared when Colgate was rallying again. So. I did have UConn in the Final Four, and here was my thinking, I guess. I can just say what I was thinking when I was filling out the bracket. I don't pick Gonzaga. I don't think that's a good pick to go to the Final Four any year. I just they, They've let me down too many times, and I'm not going to pick them again. It's just, I'm Oh, sorry. I'm not picking them again now. I mean, it's just, I, I can't do <laughs> it. interesting next year. Yeah, I mean, they have gotten to the national championship a few times, but it just, I don't know. They play on the West Coast. It's just so hard to judge. I mean, they were a good team this year. But there is always a team that is better than them. It's just always going to happen. That, that is a good point, especially there if they make it further down there. And then they're not going to get to that big game. So Gonzaga, I just I can't pick them. UCLA, they were coming into this tournament banged up. They had injuries. You know, Jalen Clark, uh, defensive player of the year, was out, and then they lost uh, their other big guy underneath as well. I forget. Uh, but they had like two starters out, so I just didn't think UCLA was a great pick either. And then Kansas, defending national champion, but I, I think all year I think UConn. Oh, I had would UConn be beating pick. Kansas. I think a lot of people did, and you know they lose lose second round to Arkansas, and then UConn ends up blowing Arkansas out there. So that was why I picked UConn to go to the Final Four. I just thought they're the best team in the region at this point. I mean, they were a four seed, but we've talked about the seeding. I mean, I just had Gonzaga beating UConn. I mean, but like originally with my thing with Gonzaga. So after coming off, like obviously you can't predict what's going to happen in a game when filling out a bracket, but I'm like. If they can beat UCLA, who I've like, if you've been paying attention all year long, or if you follow us on our on our Instagram page, like I did pick them to go to the Final Four one year or in one time. I've had UConn in most of them, but then when filling out this bracket, I'm like, okay, maybe this Gonzaga team, like what you guys are saying as a three seed, maybe do, doesn't have that expectation to full it. You know? I mean, they made the Elite Eight. I mean, that's pretty good. And that's that's not a bad because like. You can always count Gonzaga for, on for making how, the Sweet like, 16. You can always count on Gonzaga making that far. Yeah. But the thing that sticks out to me in this game is I think the three-point ability, you know, UConn shot 35%. Gonzaga only made two threes all game long. And 10%, then they 10% shot from the, uh, from the three-point Two for line. 20, and then they go 54% from the free-throw line. Like They were horrible. I mean, rebounds, they were pretty close. Steals, they were close. I mean, the five blocks from UConn. I mean, whatever, but, like, in the turnovers, I mean, that's pretty close. But I think the shooting of Gonzaga hurt them. But then that's where UConn's defense comes into play. Because, like, Gonzaga's played good defense pretty much all year long. But then they struggled once they got into the Big East. But undefeated in non-conference play. And that sticks out. And by blowing out their team, so if you go back to their their path to the Final Four, um, I mean, first round by Iona. I know we have a person on our floor who is high on Iona. Um, Don't know why. I'm Rick like Patino. That's why. Yeah, probably Rick Patino, who's going to St. John's now. They might make a Sweet 16 next year. We'll have to find out. But you know, they blow them out by 21. It was close first half. They were losing a half. And then they go to St. Mary's, who Charlie was high on all year. They win by 15. Then they face Arkansas, who's coming off a very good win against Kansas. Not even close. Not even close, blowing them out. And then Gonzaga, who had a final or had a, one of the biggest shots in probably the tournament so far, blew them out once again in the second half. So UConn's ability to play in the second half is a big, big thing for the tournament. And it's going to be pretty tough with Miami because like Miami struggled against Texas in the first round. 
but in the second or in the, in the first half, but and then in the second half, that's when things really picked up for Miami. That's when their shot ability just uh, got better. That's when their defense started picking up. It also didn't help that Texas didn't have Dylan DeSue. Um, on that, that defensive really end, that really hurt them. That hurt them at the at the final stretch. They they played fine without him earlier, but then in the final stretch, they needed him. But uh, I think UConn's just gonna. It's not gonna be a blowout, but I do see like a UConn's fourteen. The, I see like a fourteen point win. UConn is easily the favorite, in my opinion. Yeah, my and so I just think UConn's got a good shot. Uh, Mark, you've been kind of quiet about this, but I want to hear your thoughts yeah. on the final so, four. <clears throat> the UConn. <clears throat> Excuse me. The final four this year has been is going to be really interesting to watch because you know you don't have those top powerful teams like the Gonzagas, the Dukes, the, the UCLA's, UCLA's, all the Blue Bloods. Yeah, um, I'm really excited to see how some of these like San Diego State will play and like how FE. I think that game is going to be really fun to watch. You know, if I had to pick a national champion, I'd, I'd probably pick UConn. I, yeah, it's, like, it's just, a, it's, it's, just a go, it's easy it's, go to because they've just looked so good. They got mm-hmm. hot at the correct time. I felt like as a four seed, it was disrespectful to put them in, but at that region, Again, that's the that's the seating. I was but at about. the region they were put in, though, that's probably like quote unquote respectful because it is the toughest region. Kansas, it was Kansas. Like honestly, I think Texas should have been a one seed because they won the Big Twelve. And they beat Kansas twice by blowouts, but if you would put I mean, them where Xavier is in the in the Midwest, I think that would be a good spot. Or like kind of flipping them, yeah. Or even just like, uh, but the thing is, UCLA they won the Pac-12. Gonzaga they won the Mountain Mountain Coast or Mountain West Mountain mm-hmm. Coast West Coast West Coast. <laughs> um, <laughs> the whack, yeah. But no, they're t- they're top WCC. three. WCC, no WCC. That's the, <laughs> but anyways. Um, but UConn at that four spot was pretty good. Maybe if you put them on the other side of the bracket, like the East Coast or on the East region, maybe a, a three seed would be better in front of Kansas State. Uh, that would probably be a good spot to put them at. But, or even Baylor. So, but yeah. Oh, yeah, so breaking news. Frank yeah, breaking Solich news. is going to be honored at the spring game this year. Which I think is huge to, to get Frank rid of Solich. You were Charlie, you heard about it. And I actually knew about this curse for a while that that was on Frank, on Frank Solich, that this woman placed a hex on on Frank Solich um, back in the day. But he's actually getting honored, and he he should be honored. We should never have fired Frank Solich. That was the That's first. That's where we started heading yes, down the wrong road. That that is where it started to. Uh, or or losing to Colorado by like fifty. That's when it kind of started too. That's when we had Solich. Yeah. Well, you know, we're still. We're still at the peak, still at the top of the of the football. I mean, landscape. we we were in the national championship against the best team of all time. So, yeah. Um, but anyways, no, that is huge because you know there's been a not not a lot of talk of Frank Solich, you know, in and around the program in a long time, you know. But a lot of fans recently have been wanting him to come back for stuff, and so we're actually going to honor him. I'm really excited. That's I, huge. He, he deserves the respect, and guess what? Everyone's commenting, curse breaking, talking yeah. about the breaking the curse. So. Yeah, back to Final Four. Well, I mean, does anyone else have any final thoughts on it? Um, I'm just going to say it's going to be what if, what if, this is hypothetical, a all-Florida championship, Miami and FAU. That would, like, that, would just, that would just be a Miami championship. Maybe. Maybe. You never know. I mean, it's... it's Florida po- Atlantic? 
It, Maybe they just get all hot, get hot at the right Florida time. Florida Atlantic, your 2023 national champions. I hate. That I think UConn's that gonna buzzer, win. That That's my opinion. Beer, but I do think UConn's gonna win, but because I think they're just the best team left. Maybe Miami would be the second one. Well, Miami, it'd be, it'd just I don't know if San Diego State. I don't think they can rely their de- on their defense all the way to the championship. I agree that they're, but they can't. I think they can shoot the three. I'm, I'm not saying times. they won't. I mean, I'm just. Well, if they did what the, like they did against Alabama, where they force him to not hit the three, they don't need to hit the three as much, and then therefore, right. like, and then goes against Creighton, <laughs> they play their defense physically, you know, and just end up possibly getting bailed out at the very end. But I don't know. Let's we'll see. Still, UConn's probably the best team. But no matter what, it's going to be a Cinderella story. Uh, a first-time national championship appearance team is going to be making it. So yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, the, uh, this concludes the final four. You'll have to tune in or stay with us and see what we have next. Welcome back to Last Take. Uh, we're going to head into some news at Nebraska, right? Is that what it's called now? Yeah, or you can change news it to whatever one you want. Nebraska News. There you go. I don't know. News at Nebraska is fine. News at Nebraska. We don't want to copy like... Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I got you. Um, so, yeah, Husker baseball. We're going to start with that. Husker baseball, so far, I mean, not too bad so far, like in the past like, week or so. Two and one against Illinois. Doing what they should, you know, winning, winning series. And then know, so. we went, yes, me, Charlie, and Blake went yesterday. North Dakota State, it was a slow start, but the bats finally started getting moving after they took their starter out. And then we ended up winning four to one. And we have a, um interesting weekend. We can get into that first. But first... Or, yeah, first we have story time with Blake because he went viral. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> okay, when we were going to this game, I had no intention of going viral. But I did say, I'm like, I'm going to get a fly ball, I'm telling you that. And I did tell you guys that, right? Like I said, I'm going to go get a fly ball. Or a fly ball. And we're, so we're sitting out there in the outfield, left outfield, and uh, right next to, kind of pretty close to the foul pole, um, and there's like the trees in the back there. Just left. We were just in left field. Yeah, left field. Um, and this is at the start of the game, right? You know, first pitch. First, first pitch, pitch. Bryce Matthews. Bryce Matthews destroyed a ball. Destroys the ball. 98, 93. It was something. It was like ninety. I think, I think it was ninety three. Ninety three miles an hour goes up in the college. air. And so I wasn't even really paying attention because it's the first pitch. I'm like, why? You know, it's like I don't have. I don't think we're gonna hit a home run right there. I think it was Dylan. You you mentioned that it was. I I had a feeling though after you heard it come off the bat, mm-hmm. it felt it just looked like it was gonna go. I didn't even know where it was, and then the ball started going over our head, and that's when I tracked it and hit it off the roof, and and I get up right, and so we're on the berm. I told you go go Blake, because yes. no one else was getting up. Because I started to get up for it, and I almost fell on my face. And I don't know how I did. I got to the ball as fast as I did because really, there's a lot. There's a decent amount of people over there. And there's a decent amount of people. And there's a person coming from the from the right. And there's someone over to the left a little bit. And I go up there and I lunge for the ball, and I catch it. And I run around the tree and then I do a little high knee celebration and boom. And I'm just like, yeah, I got it. Oh yeah. And we're all like celebrating and stuff like that. Well then. Man, woman, and child, put them in the whatever. <laughs> whatever however you so, said it. So, on Twitter, I see that they, they posted uh, just the video of the home run, and I'm in the celebration. Like, they show the catch and the celebra- celebration. Well, then, uh, further in the video, they slow my catch down and me catching it. 
And it, and your dance too. And, and my dance and the, and the commentators uh, were like, I don't know what's better, the catch or the celebration. Bill Dolman. <laughs> um, and then I see, you know, that tweet. Um, um, and then you you uh, replied to the Husker tweet or somebody's tweet. I think it was I Evan Bland. It was Bland. It was Evan Bland. Uh, writer for Omaha World Herald, and then he retweeted it, and then that's when it really started going viral because then Nebraska, the Nebraska Twitter went off, off the rails. Yeah, because so I tweeted it back like I caught, the, I was the person that caught the ball, and then uh, um, then Husker baseball quote tweeted me with the slow mo video of my celebration with man, woman, and child, and I think that is the best. That makes me feel so good because like. Tommy icon. Fraser, iconic man, woman. Before that, before that, seventies, seventies. Yep. Sorry, that's uh, Johnny Jet Rogers. Whoops, my bad. Uh, delete. Get, actually, I'd say getting getting ahead of yourself. Yep. Just, delete that. Um, <laughs> we're probably just gonna leave one, that in. The one edit you got to do, Anthony, is this one right here. Uh, we'll see. I mean, I kind of like it. So uh, anyways, con- continue so with the story. Man, woman, a child, and that's what they quote tweet with, and then a whole bunch of likes, over three hundred likes. I'm pretty sure it was. Wild, just seeing everyone react to that. Um, and then on Facebook, my parents uh, uh, posted a video and seeing all like my parents' friends comment about it. Um, but yeah, it was just hilarious that I had no intention of going viral, but I knew if I was going to catch that ball, I get a celebration. Another one of the great parts about that is my friends. Um, you know, I used to play a whole bunch of sports and stuff like that. Never played baseball, but I'm a little uncoordinated at times, and I'm not the greatest catcher or thrower. And the one time it depends on actually catching something, and this is like actual true catch. Like it's bouncing off the roof. You know, you could drop it. It's a possibility. And I go up there and catch that thing pretty clean. And so I, my friend saw that and like, you better be proud of me. And he was, I, I could tell through the phone that he was so hyped that I got that. And my, we shared it in one of my uh, friends' group chats and they were all freaking out about it. And it was wild. And then coming back to the dorm and everyone was talking about it. So like, and on top of it too, I just not take away from that really good moment, but also the next at bat we hammered one to the same moment. spot, to almost the same spot. It didn't hit the it didn't hit the roof, but to the same like area. It's nuts. And then just, a little kid got that one yeah, as well. Yeah, I, did, I didn't try for that one. But. There's no point. We're still getting over the fact that you caught the first pitch home run. <laughs> we're we're so high on the Bryce Matthew Kool Aid, and then four hundred thirty, almost four hundred thirty feet too. And it, the thing about that home run was it looked like it was completely out of the park. Yes, like it was going to go the over the shed and over that fence. If it hit the fence, and I thought even with hitting the fence, it was going to go over. But then once when I saw like his, perfect bounce because you slipped and then you made that jump, so you you were like awkwardly in the air as you caught mm-hmm. that. Because I, I was, so I was started like, I started like run, run into a lunge. That's kind of what I was trying to do, get up that hill. And then that lunge turned into a leap, you know, and that's when I caught that yeah, thing. Yeah, leap of faith. Yep. <laughs> but you can check it out. It's all on our Twitter. I have like it retweet on both of my accounts because of. The, if you want to go back through the Husker baseball account too. Yep. Or last take, you, you'll see it. It's there. Um, and it's a pretty good video. It's worth watching. I'll, I'll say that. And then, um, yeah. And then we ended up winning that game pretty easily. Eight to three. The next day was a slugfest. We ended up losing seven to ten, which is our normal things because we don't win on Sundays. Yeah, need to clean that up. It's they're they're we're starting to get solid now. I'm not as worried about games because I feel like get, we, the, get the pitching going. It's the rust. Will follow, I say yeah, get yeah. get the rust out, and then eventually you're gonna find your game. Yeah, and I mean you could see that after the first inning, we allowed the run. Against North Dakota State, they got the run in the first inning, which is you know and, and it's Dylan, whatever. Dylan and, and Charlie can attest to that. I was a little upset about this because I just I could tell that it was probably going to be you know a low count game, and I just felt like that did not favor us, and I felt like 
this could be just like I guess in the past it hasn't. But at the same time, though, I wasn't worried because North Dakota State, they've only won five times this year. I know we lost to Omaha. I think, I think Omaha's won more than that, and Creighton's not horrible. So, I mean, but Will Walsh was dealing mm-hmm. after that first inning. So as soon as he got set in, it looked good. He just got to get that offense going. It took us a while, but we ended up getting there. And then all thanks to – we tied the game off an error, a catcher error. And then all thanks to Bryce Matthews in the seventh inning, he had a he had a three run shot into left field. Yeah, so just sealed it. Essentially sealed it at that point because their pitching was falling apart. Um, they had they changed their pitcher twice in one inning. But yeah, I mean overall, you know, we were talking about the number of pitching changes that they had. They had five, five, I'm pretty yeah. sure, yeah, and two of them in the same innings. Which so. is wild because I really didn't feel like their pitches were doing too terrible. There's like the that the one. They had to take him out because he was terrible. He was not. He was yeah. not pitching well. But but really, I'm like, if it, if, if it was on the other end, I honestly, I would have been probably like more le- like if I was if this was Nebraska in the situation, I would have thought the pitching was been all right because we've had those issues too where it's like you put some guy in there and they can't do anything. You put another guy in there, we definitely had those games. But so a lot of it also too is like Will Walsh. He's done very well this year. Like not, I'm not complaining. He's two and two now, mm-hmm. but there is some of those times like he. I think he played against San Diego State. That's or San Diego. That's one of his losses. But um, last few times he started, at least against Creighton. I mean, he threw what? He threw 111 pitches, 10 strikeouts, and or 11 straight. Got 11 straight outs. And then we take him out, and then, unfortunately, the bullpen kind of falls apart. But Shea Shaneman didn't do that this time around, and he got the save. But overall, it was pretty good. Um, this weekend, we take on Abilene Christian. Well, we're in Abilene, and we're taking on Texas A&M Corpus Christi on Saturday at, I don't know the time, but it's a doubleheader. 1 o'clock. And, 1 o'clock. And then we have a doubleheader as well. Or, like, it's a doubleheader, so then we play Abilene Christian, who's pretty good. They're 18-5 and five currently, unless... I don't know if they won yesterday or not, but um, last time I checked, they're eighteen and five. But they're pretty good. Should, should be uh, get some. Uh, I don't know what the word is. Um, get well, a, t- a test. Yeah. See how good we do on the roads, because then we have Michigan on the road as well. So. so. And Kansas State. Did you mention that? Yeah, K State oh, as well. K State. Yeah. Yep. So I mean, we, it's just kind of like getting our footing down with with some of these games, or like. We're now to the point where like you just you just gotta start start winning and kind of like never look back. Yeah. Bes- besides maybe losing the Sunday's games, which aren't necessarily terrible as long as you s- sweep the series. I mean, well, you, you win the first the, two. You won't win the first two. We still can't lose too many Sundays. Yeah. yeah. It's not good. But also, K State, we played there three times yeah. already, so we should we should be okay. Yeah. I, d- I do think this team is pretty good offensively. We're very good. Pitching has gotten better as the as this, uh, the year has gone on, but hopefully we get some good wins. Because Big Ten, it's kind of better this year than normally it is. Better, I don't and know. Also worse at the same time. <laughs> it's 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 always hard to look at because the Big Ten is weird in like every sport with how they are or, just like competition wise. Baseball is probably our worst yes. out of the big sports, but I mean Iowa was ranked until they lost to Illinois State, who we beat by the way, twice. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll see how it goes. We have we have a couple road um, series, and then we have Omaha on the 11th of April. That's our next home game. So, which we gotta win that one. 
That's we like, literally have to. Yeah. So you can't lose to Omaha twice. Yeah, exactly. And we play we, we play Creighton three times, so mm-hmm. we should be able to get back and beat them twice. Um, so now we're going to go into basketball recruiting. I'll let you talk about this, Blake, because you're the one that bring it up to me. So, oh yeah. So the player that we had uh, coming to us, I sent he it to visited yesterday. Yep. Official. Or not um, official, but it's just a fit visit. Yep. We hosted uh, Arizona transfer point guard, Kirk. Kirk Carissa. Kirk Carissa. Yep. Um, Charlie, I, what, what, do you know about him? Yeah, well, I do. I It's funny because I was just, uh, you know, sitting there on my phone and I get a notification uh, from college basketball insider that I that I'm a that I follow and just Kirk John Creesa, yeah John Rothstein and he just tweets you know Kirk Creesa is visiting with Nebraska today and I had to look back on it again and I was like what like I had to read it a second time I wasn't really sure um, but yeah I mean because he I think he already visited with uh, West Virginia Bob Huggins brought him in and then I think I think Xavier. Xavier was the other team yeah so I don't know it was I was interested to see that and we'll, I mean we'll see where it goes I guess but Arizona he did uh, he led the Pac-12 in assists this past season I know and uh, definitely you know he's a good three-point shooter as well so it's going to be interesting to see what happens there but yeah I mean he's been he's played now a few years at Arizona he's a good player so we'll see what, what I see I seen he has two years left in eligibility I'm pretty sure so yeah I think it's two two more years we'll see what happens there I'm excited though with Hoiberg he's Fred a, is, he's, he needs he, we're gonna attack the transfer portal kind of like we did, did with football we did it la- well Fred did it last year and I know he's gonna be hard in the transfer portal because that's what he's that's kind of like the president he's been doing so I I have faith with him in the transfer portal it's kind of like Scott Frost even Scott Frost could get a good class in the transfer portal you know I mean, did it translate cla- look at the class well that's coaching Scott, that's that's different that's a whole but, other story but Fred Hoiberg you know he could go in the transfer portal, and I think he can get somebody because Fred Hoiberg still sells. Like he, him as a person, still sells. I mean, of course, Nebraska basketball is going to be is harder to sell, probably the hardest to sell out at any Power Five school because we've never won. But it's not like we haven't had big, big uh, stars come out of here or big people recently. I mean, so like, Bryce McGowan, yeah, I mean, so, yeah, first five star in program history leaves after one year is drafted and he's in the NBA. He's yep. playing. He's on the main roster for the Hornets. Too bad he plays for the Hornets. Yeah. But. <laughs> But yeah, so I was just looking at um, this story that uh, Kirk Carissa had, um, and it just was the little uh, gift package that we gave him. And I don't know if that's that seals the deal or not, but you know, it's <laughs> know that about, supposed to mean. I don't know about that, but yeah. Uh, but no, it's it's good to see that starting this early. You know, I it's it's I mean, kind of weird because yeah, I don't. We have Jameson Battle. Yeah, we're definitely in the race for that. There's the Princeton transfer. He were he's even said that we're one of the teams that one of like a, a lot of teams to be fair but they're going after him I think, was, he, I think he led the ivy league in points or something like that you know do you remember what his name is no just but he i just on, remember he was just I, on like just, throughout just, the did he play princeton at princeton this year we didn't play we didn't no play. i'm saying like did he did he play i i think it's a princeton transfer i just seen there's like a weird school transfer that he's said there's a lot of teams going uh. after him and we're on that list i seen it like yesterday i don't remember but overall, just... Do we start naming a whole bunch of people from Princeton? <laughs> no, I'll go to on three. <laughs> That's a lot easier. But yeah, no, it's it's kind of weird. I've, I've never really followed Nebraska basketball with with recruiting until last year. You know, I was a little more peaked last year because, like, we were terrible. And I was hoping that we'd have some glimpse of hope. And we did. 15-15 and 15 for Nebraska. Late in the season, you're a contender for stuff. I mean, that's all I can ask as a Nebraska ball fan. The team's enjoyable to watch. So, mm-hmm. but 
No, I think I think good days are ahead, and I think Fred Hoiberg get, now can understand what he can do going forward. Like he he has all around. He's tried offense. He's tried a defensive team, and now compile the best of both worlds. And you get a team that can go to March Madness, maybe win. That's a whole different question because I think Nebraska just well, un- unclutch at the big, at any sort of we just big game to, in a tournament. We just need to make it out of the first round of the Big Ten tournament. Yeah, that's that's true. And win, and if he wins a tournament, he gets a statue. I think that's been set. Wins a tournament game, yeah. He statue right in front of Pinnacle Bank. Correct. But overall, just hopefully we get some good players out of it, and maybe we can be better than five hundred because we hit five hundred. But can we get better than that? That's mm-hmm. the question. Um, last week, like we said, with football, there was a huge recruiting weekend. Nothing much really came out of it, other than some cool visit visit pictures and stuff like that. But it's just good to get all these players into the program, like see the program, how it runs. It was also a nice weekend. So overall, nothing much really to say there. Maybe oh, I Dylan do, Ryola at Nebraska. I, I, I do got one thing to say, and this is sort of, this is just Nebraska. This is Nebraska podcasting news in general. Everyone on Twitter, go and vote for No Block, No Rock. And, uh, it's not going to matter. It, well, you got 16 hours left in the pool, so that's plenty. That It's, it's not going to be out by then. We well, get it out If Friday. they go into the next round, everyone will everyone <laughs> vote for them, even though it matters right now. Nebraska hype, man. Vote for your favorite Nebraska Twitter accounts. Hopefully no block, no rock can pass this dude, because there's a photo of this guy, Doc. I don't know who this dude is. Doc talks. I don't know who this guy is. I'm sorry. He probably he did used to play for Nebraska. Sorry, I don't know every single Nebraska player in history. My dad probably could tell who it is, but I can't. Um, and he what was, a loser! And he, and he was seen wearing an Iowa uh, pullover, so that automatically means you should lose. So, yeah, go vote for uh, your favorite Nebraska Twitter accounts on Nebraska Hype Man. That's a plug. All right, go into Block and Rock. Um, so yeah, um, I think that's it. I have. If we want to send it over to Blake for Blake yep. check. All right. I'm not going to spend as long on this because Richmond, I'm sorry, but it's probably one of the worst tracks in NASCAR currently. Um, just not that great of racing. I'm going to be blunt with it. Um, but let's go back to this past weekend. You had your road course ringers um, come from different all, all different sorts of facets of racing. Jimmy Johnson back, although he wrecked, didn't even complete one lap because he got taken out in a crash. Someone ran into the side of him. But Classic you know, Jimmy. Well, classic Jimmy of late, yeah. You know, he, he's not had ever since he got ever since he had that Pocono wreck in 2017. It has not been the same since. So, uh, yeah, I don't know, but it was a great race all race long. You know, Tyler Reddick was dominant. Um, great battles. Him and Cindric had a great battle, and then Reddick and um, uh, Reddick in the 24 Byron also had a great battle. And it came down three overtimes late. So Brad Kozlowski. You know, there was this whole strategy going on because there's no stage cautions, which is the first, this was the first race to have no predetermined cautions since 2016. So it was a little bit of a different thing. And that means I think 80% of the field had never raced in a pre-stage race in the Cup Series. So that'd be a whole different thing to tackle. And it was becoming a field strategy race in the end, which I can't remember the last time we actually had a true one of those. And we unfortunately didn't get one of those because Brad Kozlowski's car broke. And that was with 18 laps to go. It took an hour to complete that race. I don't know what we got to do. There's a problem with that. The road courses that the cautions take too long. And it was just there in the end. You had your cautions. 
you, people dive five, six, eight wide into turn one, run into each other, spin out, crash on the side of each other. Next thing you know, you got half torn up cars on the racetrack and you have to throw the caution. And then you have to do another restart and then another. And then you're on your third one. And there were still cars destroyed and NASCAR was like, screw it. We're not throwing the caution because we, we got to get this thing finished because it's annoying. But there's been conversation on social media about... Um, Jensen Button, who is a Formula One world champion, was this was his first NASCAR race, and he talked about it. He loved he loved the racing, right? But he said that the contact at the end, there was he said said that there should there's like a point or something like that. I can't remember the exact quote, but he was saying that there should be a point where like enough is too much, and I agree. There has to be some respect put on these road course restarts because it's been a problem at Indy, Indianapolis, ever since they moved to the road course on the. On Indianapolis Motor Speedway, people just dive into turn one five wide and run into people because you can in the next gen car because it can take some hits. And you got next thing you got uh, bent chassis and hurt feelings, and then people running into each other on pit That's road and, horrible. And, and and getting uh, penalties. Daniel Suarez just got that penalty because he was uh, uh, mad at Ross Chastain and Alex Bowman. So. Uh, Ross Chastain can't even have friends with his teammate, so he, he's won against everybody now. So Bowman was a little aggressive there at the end, too. He was. Even with a teammate. Yes. <laughs> at the road courses, man, it just seems like everything's out the door there because... Well, that, it, if they made it past that first turn, bro, they just, after a restart, all they had to do is get past that, yep. and then the race it's, would go It's on. just so lucrative going up that hill, who can outbreak each other, and then it's an over 90-degree angle that you turn, and then it goes from, like... Five lanes wide to two lanes wide, and so it's a funnel effect. And yeah, it's just there's got to be something done. I don't know. I don't think NASCAR can institute something. Maybe just have three be your limit of at road courses. I think it's more of a or or even the super speedways. I think there's a problem at super speedways too of just the cautions coming out and you're not seeing a green flag finish. Um, but there's I don't know maybe driver penalties. I'm not in the conversation or I'm not in the mind to have an answer right now i just know is that nascar should know that there is a problem with some driver respect but they they're the head people of nascar they came out and said that oh this is typical nascar well no it's not it's not really typical nascar because in the 2000s they tried to get away with rough racing that's why they got to the 1.5 milers but now you want the short tracks back and then and they don't really care i mean even though they will penalize someone for intentionally wrecking someone it's it's so convoluted right now where it's just hard to say. Anyways, let's get back to what I think is going to happen next weekend. So next weekend, or this, sorry, this weekend, they're going to be at Richmond, <laughs> uh, which is a short track. or It's a short track, but it races not like a short track as of recently. Toyotas are really good here, so I would go with some Toyotas. Denny Hamlin's fast there. Um, I think everyone at Joe Gibbs Racing and, and probably 2311 is going to be fast. And I think Hendrick are going to be your top players. Although there will probably be a Ford, one or two Fords to contend in there. Uh, Joey Logano, um, I know he's won at Richmond before. Actually, I'll look it up right now, the past Richmond races. Uh, and I'll see, and I'll kind of give you more. So last time there, uh, Denny Hamlin won. Um yeah, Denny Hamlin won, and then, yeah, Denny Hamlin won that that last time they were there. Or actually, that was the first race there, I'm pretty sure, because I think they still do two, right? Or maybe they only do one. I say Denny, Ham- <coughs> Denny won uh, last April is what NASCAR says. Yep. So, uh, he's one of four. Richmond went, or, yeah, one of four. And then, uh, yeah. 
Yeah, so here is Kevin Harvick finished second, and he's been carrying Stuart Haas Racing right now. Um, but yeah, so I just think it'll be Joe Gibbs Racing and Hendrick will be your top two uh, teams that'll be up there, and so that gives you eight drivers to pick from um, in our fantasy. And Anthony, how well did you do in your fantasy? Uh, I didn't <clears throat> see. I did not do uh, the best I thought I was going to do. Uh, coming in, you know, I thought I had some confidence, but overall, I think this is the worst week I had. Uh, in fantasy, really, I'm surprised. I thought I kind of thought that you guys yours were doing pretty good there in the end, but no. Um, I only had two of my top guys get in the top twenty. So, oh, really? Yeah, I had Alex Bowman who got third, uh, Chris Busher who got eighth or tied for seventh, whatever NASCAR has. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, then Martin Truex Jr. was in my garage. And oh. I put him in, and he got 17th. Daniel Suarez uh, got 24th. AJ Allmendinger, who you told me to put in, I I had him he, in. He, so he, he, he got 28th. Yeah, and Joey Logano got 30th. You know, the worst part about that Allmendinger thing was that so he got shuffled back because of some strategy late. But guess what? He got bulldozed on one of the restarts, and his car broke. So there's nothing mm-hmm. he could do. Because I had AJ, and I left him in for Jordan Taylor, and Jordan Taylor didn't finish anything better, but. You know, it just was one of those things where, like, again, those late race restarts. I talked about it. I was like, you never know at the end of the race who's going to be up there. And those restarts proved it. Although, thank God, uh, my drivers um, had Kyle Busch. He finished up there. Tyler Reddick finished up there. Ross finished up there. Sindrick ended up finishing up there late. It was kind of crazy. That last restart was the best my drivers could have finished. Like, if you would have took the two restarts prior and even before that, they would not have finished where they would have. So, I'm glad... That that third restart actually happened because it helped my all my drivers because Cindric was back quite a bit and he ended up coming back up there. Ross, of course, was up there, but unfortunately, the dinger he got wrecked out of it. So, but yeah, looking at next week, yep, Toyota fast, Chevy gonna be fast. You'll have one or two forwards sprinkled in there. Um, but my pick for a race winner, William Byron. Yes, I think William Byron's gonna win it actually. I, he's been hot right now recently. Either him or Alex Bowman, I think, are gonna be your top two people. I mean, oh, Hendrick. Well, William yeah. William so far oh, and and NASCAR news so Hendrick appealed their penalty and NASCAR's not happy with this um so the appeals is from a third party person that's not like you go to like a separate judge to do it because you know you kind of want your penalty rescinded right well basically the outcome was they get their points back but the fine is still in place that's fine get the points back so <laughs> that's the weird part is that NASCAR is not happy that it wasn't one or the other you know like, get everything back or no back. So, like, the crew chiefs are still suspended. You still got the um, fine, but the points are back. There's been some conversation. Is the appeals circuit, are they actually good or are they not? Because they've appealed some things that NASA's like, no, this is, you can't do this, this, and that. And then it's sent to the appeals, and the appeals has overturned some some crucial things. So, I don't know. It's... It's a little iffy right now if you can really believe the appeals is doing the right thing, because... I'm not going to side with NASCAR, but I think in this case, because Brad Kozowski, their team got penalized with this sort of thing last year, so I think the same thing should have happened, but I don't know. It's it's a weird thing with that. That's another conversation, but yeah, so that's my update, and again, look for the Joe, Joe Gibbs and uh, Hendrick to be fast. All right, so that was our news in Nebraska slash Blake check. I'll send it over to Anthony to close us out, unless you want to do trivia. 
I say, I, it's been a while, so... You can do that? So we could go pause and then I say so. set it up? Stay, stay tuned. It has been a very long time since we've like done something fun. So we are, so all uh, kids probably know this. I'm still hoping that they do this in high school, but we're playing a Kahoot. It's like a trivia website. Uh, we didn't prepare for this, and I've always wanted to play Kahoot ever since coming here. So yeah. Uh, Okay, so. Oh my lord! <laughs> oh, 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 Blake! <laughs> Blake, you monster! Uh, so, I'm not even gonna describe to you, listeners. You're just gonna have to deal with it. Okay, is everybody? It's not me. Blake Mason's already up there. Is everybody in? No, <laughs> my <laughs> stupid. Who's the game pen? Is who is the game pen? That's him too. <laughs> Dude, I can't. We're keeps, in for a ride, boy. Oh, disconnecting like, me. What? Get up, do it on your computer. We're in for a ride. We are in for a ride. I say Blake is being evil like any other high school teenager playing a kahoot. <laughs> yes, you have to be when you're playing kahoot. Come on, it's childish. You gotta bring in your inner child. And well, this person certainly knew about inner child. So. <laughs> oh my. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. Right. Oh no. You listeners, you you don't get a no. You don't we, get to say the name. Yeah, <laughs> you don't get a you, yeah, no. You are not you are not knowing. You are not privileged to that yes. information. Yes. So, we're we're loading up the nicknames now. Uh Mark is Wisco Rocks being if you from know Wisconsin. It, uh, DM me on Twitter. Yeah. Uh <laughs> <laughs> This person this also is knew worse. a lot about that too. Please but kick me. But that's not sports related. <laughs> you want to be kicked? Then? Yeah, kick me. I'm gonna redo it. There, my, okay. Yeah. All right. So Mark is Wisco Rocks. Blake is unprivileged. We'll just say just redacted. Say redacted. Okay, redacted. I'm redacted. Uh, I'm thinking Charlie is Blake Mace. Yep. Because he likes Blake. Uh, Blake Blake also created a bot kind of he yeah. was, with just the game pin. Yep. And pin. Dylan is just Jake. D-jerds. Not you should have put number. You should put number one overall draft pick. Oh yeah, kick me out. (laughs) (laughs) Pick your stinking name. (laughs) But yeah, we are gonna get ready to roll here pretty soon. Once we got this, we can finally get our names. Cute little uh, Christmas uh, winter uh, background theme there, and of course the sound is fantastic. Who doesn't love the theme? Let them listen to it for a little bit. Probably can't hear it. Oh, yeah. Oh, well. I mean, just look it up on YouTube. All right. We are good to go. The coos changed, bro. I don't remember yeah. being like this. So we're doing March Madness quiz in celebration of March Madness. Uh, the first question is, how many teams are in March Madness? So pretty much how many are in the bracket? 64. Or 68 because of the first four. Oh, oh shit. Oh. Dumb. Oh, bro. You guys are dumb. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm assuming me and Charlie are the only ones that got that right. <laughs> Who got it first? Yep, yeah, I say third. it. Hey, Char- Blake is Mark, right now. Mark, you have zero Blake points. Blake is in first. <laughs> I know, but still third. 
that you're tied with unprivileged. This is the only way I'll win. All right. Question number two. There's only ten questions. When are the eight teams left in the tournament called? Definitely the Eclipse, Eclipse Eight. eight. Uh, Crazy Eight. Yep, Eclipse 8, but the real answer is Elite 8. You do like two. Charlie is still in first, only by 14 compared to Dylan. Probably should do two because this is so short. If he can find one. Yeah. Which two teams does Florida face in their back to back championship in 06 and 07? Basketball? Okay. Oh, shoot. Oh, man. I'm I'm a Blake. I'm a goofy goober. Blake is going. Goofy goober. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. If I get this right. I don't know what this one is. Oh, three. I'm just gonna guess. Two, one. Yes, I got Ohio State and UCLA. Who got that? Me. Blake Mays or <laughs> Charlie Wing. Blake Mays is in first. The only way, again, the only way I'd win. And Charlie has a streak of three. Good job for him. All right, question number four. Which team won the 1988 uh, national championship? Oklahoma, UCLA, Kansas, or Purdue? Uh, not Purdue. It's kind of a random year, but. It, it rolls. Yeah, oh, no. yeah, yeah, let's go. Mark finally got one. He moves up. Did uh, you miss it too? <laughs> I did. I, hey, I thought it was UCLA. Me too. <laughs> Redacted ain't doing too well. I say, unpri- I'm going to call him unprivileged. He's, he, he's occupied right now. <laughs> Pause. <laughs> In March Madness history, well, Ooh. what was the first 15 seed to upset Ooh. a two seed? Everyone thinks is. In recent memory, it's like Or Roberts or it's something like that. I know the first or 15 seed to reach the Sweet 16, but I don't know the first 15 seed to win a game. So I just guessed. Yeah. yeah. I got Rich, it Rich what? What'd Rich you say? Man. Valparaiso. I said Valpo as well. We have a lead change. Yeah. Mark is now first place. Get over yourself. Let's go, Rocks. And the room goes mild. Who did Richmond Who did Richmond upset? upset? When? Who, 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 up, who did they upset oh. when they were the... 15 seed. When was this? <laughs> 88? Is that what it said? I don't know. It just said when was the first 15 seed upset of two. Georgetown used to be relevant. <laughs> I have used to be. Yeah. Well, you got like three seconds. Oh. oh. Syracuse. No way. <laughs> no way I got that. <laughs> and number one pick moves up to second place. We only got three questions left. What year was the upset? Wait. Now huh? now it's asking what year did that I upset happen? I said what year it, it was. Didn't. No, it never did. Oh. It asks about the championship game in 88. Yes. Come on, baby. Come on. Redacted, redacted, uh, redacted. Redacted ain't doing too well. <laughs> yes. He isn't doing too well. 91. I just guessed. And let's play. go. Dylan's first place, number one overall pick. Mark, you're behind redacted. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Question number eight. Which of these players were not on the 82-83 Hooger? What? Championship roster. Hooger. Who, who the Hoogers? Uh, Hooger. Wait, Houston Cougars. Players? Oh, man. You only get like 15 seconds, too, so you just kind of like have to guess. Dun, 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 dun. Ah. Woo! Oh, Redacted is hot. Oh, boy. <laughs> redacted is hot. Pause. <laughs> Please, we need to stop that. Hey, we only have two more questions. Which two teams were a 2011 Uh, championship game? This came to memory. Oh, no. Oh, shoot. Oh, no. I don't remember. I think I'll say later. Nope, that wasn't it. That was the year before. I don't know, bro. Oh, it was. Butler and UConn. Oh, yeah. Duh. 
I'm an oh, idiot. Oh, man. I was thinking Butler Duke <laughs> when Gordon Hayward was Because Butler made it two years in a row, yeah. 2010. They were a five seed, and then that year they were an eight seed. Actually, a lot of people were comparing this year's Final Four to that one because the seeding was just so random. They had like an eight seed, an 11 seed, and then I think it was like a three seed and a four seed. Yeah. So it was just pretty random. Uh, that was the VCU. I said that was VCU time. Yep. So. Shaka Smart. And Charlie Wayne now takes the lead from Redacted. It's... Last question. What was the final score of 2015's National Championship? <laughs> no clue. Up. This is bonus points. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> Shut up. Duke beating Wisconsin. Shut up. I don't know. I'm guessing. Woo! Yeah, 68, 63. Woo! So the final standings on the podium. In, In third, third place. place. Yeah! Mark with... Fell. Mark got third. Oh, redacted second. <laughs> and first place. Surprising about nobody. I won. <laughs> Just Bla- kidding. Blake Mace and first Blake Mace, play. but Charlie. So, uh, see you- if you can find another one. All right, uh, we had a. I say we're gonna do another another one uh, because that one was a little bit short. So this one, it's still gonna be sports relevant. We are going to do college mascots. This one's going to be kind of interesting. Let's see if uh, we get any more resilient names or not. No, not this time. I'm not feeling it. <laughs> You're not feeling any more? Nope. Yeah, the other one was pretty dark really fast. Uh, Yeah, we'll go with that. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Also, just a quick shout-out. We are now on KRNU 90.3. Uh, we'll be on Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock. And also, follow our socials at the Last Take Pod, all lowercase. And then follow us on Twitter, uh, capital TLT, the Last Take 22. <coughs> <laughs> oh. That's still the name they use to this day, you know, so it's, it's fine. Yeah, it's, it's all right. <laughs> Who's Death Valley? Yeah. It's Me. Charlie. <laughs> and then who's, uh, this is not redacted. It's fine. Happy Valley, you know? Yeah. Go Penn State. We are Penn State, baby. I thought that was LSU. No, that's Death Valley. Death Valley oh. is LSU. Oh, my. Mark. Mark, you. Oh, I knew Mark. that. Mark needs Mark. to be get, Mark needs its education. De- 90s sitcom. Mark. <laughs> Cue laugh track. But wait, Alrighty. which is the real Death Valley, though? Is it Clemson or LSU? It's LSU. 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 Cause Cause LSU is, is more of a... You tag me, of, my frame Like, early. Cause my like, frame LSU was really good in the 60s. So, all right, we got Happy Valley, which is Blake. Unfancy Mark, which is Mark. Uh, Dylan Jurgens. You gotta say it like though. Dylan Jurgens. Oh, Dylan Jurgens. Unfancy Mark. Uh, we got Herbie, the race car. No. The mascot. The mascot. <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to make it more funny. Come on. Uh, and then we got Herbie. the true Death Valley, Charlie Wing. Yeah, he, he's 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 the Death Valley. LSU's biggest he's, fan. And even his mascot. Closeted, closeted, uh, like biggest LSU fan, right? And his avatar he's using is literally an eagle with sunglasses. I'm a cheeseburger. Mark is a cheeseburger. He thinks he's a munch. Sorry to all you vegans out there. (laughs) Sorry. 
<laughs> All right, this here, here we go. Uh, we got one of 13 questions. Oh the mascot oh. for Kansas University is a... It's totally the hawk. A rock chalk Jayhawk. I know that because I've... That's fourth. Am I in yeah. first? We got to see who's first. Herbie. No. Herbie and Death Valley are tied nine, six, with 969. Nine, nine. Nine, nine, nine. Nine, nine. Nice. Nine. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. Purdue oh. University's mascot. Make sure that you don't See, click I, I just the wrong one. Steamer. That's <laughs> totally it's a boilermaker. And what? Charlie still Gotta has Gotta be quicker than that. Yeah, I know. You have to be quick as crap. Yeah. Gotta be quicker than that. St. Peter's University. Oh. Uh, What's their mascot? It also probably helps. It really it helps you guys. Right I say it helps you guys because it's literally on the picture, which this person was not good at whatsoever. Oh. No. Charlie's still in the lead with 29-10. Yeah, still in third. University oh. of, North, of North Carolina. It stop showing the pictures. Well, it doesn't technically say what it is. Oh, no, but you it can. Did, it who, did. who said Ram? Who said Ram? Who said Ram? This is Mark. No, no, it wasn't. I see. It was Clay. But but he. I got it right, but I wanted to guess the no. wrong the other one. All right. His burner. Yeah, my, my <laughs> Kahoot burner. Imagine having a Kahoot burner. <laughs> oh my! Hey, uh, UCLA. If you say grizzly bear, brown bear, a Bruin, there we go. Let's say we're just whoever. It, can... it doesn't matter who gets oh wrong. My God. Who's the Duke? This probably isn't the best. Oh, I like, almost hit the wrong one. I so did I, but I didn't. A blue devil. I hope it it gets harder. Or, it ain't getting harder. But it ain't getting harder. Nope. It's not. It's totally Arkansas. a red pig. It's totally a red suey razorback. Suey mama. Shh. Mark, <laughs> we're doing the Arkansas thing, bro. We're not talking about Diary of a Wimpy Kid. You you are literally a Diary of a Wimpy Kid character, bro. <laughs> yes, he is. It's totally a jaguar. <laughs> no I, way. I, sw I swear to God, I Did three people say jaguar? No. Two no, people. two people said bobcat. Bob you legit thought that was a bobcat? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my lord. <laughs> Okay, the competition is now just between Charlie Blake and Unfancy Mark. Yeah. A smart Mark. But, well, you said Unfancy. You should have put Smart Mark. Ooh. Gonzaga. wonder what this is. This is probably a really easy one. Watchdog. Greyhound. I was thinking Boxer. I love my Boxers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. What is the mascot oh. for Providence? This one. It's totally a monk. Because that's a religious. Oh, I had no idea it was a frere. I'd never even known that. Friar. Friar. I wouldn't know. He's a friar, yes. Only 19 behind Dylan. All right. University of Miami. I hope it's the wrong one. Nope. Because you have two University of Miamis. What? Whoa. Which one is it? I've never seen the logo in my life. I think I got it. I have no idea. I missed it. An Ebus. What even is that? An Ebus. I, it's essentially a pelican. Oh, I, I might be wrong with that. Oh, wow. All right. It's okay. not a duck. But it's not, and they, and yeah, it was the mascot, not the school name. That was so. the last thing I would have guessed. Because Hurricane wasn't on it for you yeah, listeners. That's... So Dylan got the only one right, so he's now in first place. Two more to go. Oh. Hmm. Iowa State. Anthony, oh. this is, this should be easy for you. Yeah. It's totally a card. Tornadoes. Eagle. They're the Iowa State Tornadoes. Mm-hmm. Huh. Oh, speaking of Cyclone. tornadoes today, uh, 
we had a fire, test. like a tornado drill at my work study. We had tornado drill just in general. Okay. Yeah. Oh, we had a test. A cyclone. I think for some reason. Well, test it, is a it doesn't mark. help you with that. It's a cardinal bird. I know that threw me. No, off. on the logo they they have used to have a tornado. Remember the old. Yeah, but it, there's still a cardinal within the tornado. But now, like, yeah, it throws you off. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> I got it. All right, last question. Oh. University of Michigan. It's totally a bulldog because. Well, a Wolverine. Yeah. W. I didn't win. Because I didn't know. Again, again. What even was that? Yeah. What was the Miami? Well, I already forgot. Ibis. Mark, An you've Ibis. only placed third. An How Ibis? can you be happy? You yep. haven't won one. Well, I'm happy with third because I got on the podium. W's mm. down, bro. Here, let's look it up for Charlie. What's, what's no, not, paint? E- what not Ibis paint. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> is that something you've been to before? Uh, no. The, look, it's not even there. Ibis bird, look it up. You there, it's not even the top Ibis. thing that comes up. Yes, it is. Look, right there. no, no, it was below the Ibis paint. I know, but like, okay, but the, I looked up Ibis paint. This is the oh, Ibis, you did. Though. Okay, it's like a graphic design paint right. that my brother does, who actually runs now our graphics for uh, social media. So. Shout out. Yeah, really, really fire graphics. So it's like a stork almost. It's like a combination of a stork. Uh, yeah. yeah, a little bit of a stork. It's, it's not a pelican because, like, you know, the a pelican has like that. Bulge underneath its double chin. Le- no, not the double chin. It's like <laughs> those are. <sighs> it has like, you know how. Bro said double chin for a bird, bro. <laughs> for a bird, <laughs> double chin for a bird. I have a double chin, all right, but they, I think everybody a, does. But for a bird, oh, that is a crazy. Like you know how pelicans they have like that, like yeah. you know from yeah, Finding pouch, Nemo. The yeah, the pouch. There we go. The like pouch. they have that underneath their mouth, and. Yeah, I should have said that. Oh well. Well, that's the set the end of the book. That's, now I know. But you didn't. No, so didn't. suck it, y'all. I won. Hey, you learn something new every day. Yeah, that's very true. All right. So I think we've carried on you long enough. This was kind of fun at the very end. So, um, but yeah. Once again, shout out to our now radio show on KRNU ninety point three Saturdays at nine a.m. And we go from to 10. Follow our social medias at The Last Take Pod on Instagram. And then capital TLT, The Last Take 22 on Twitter. So signing off, it is Charlie, Blake, Mark, Dylan, and Anthony. Have a good rest of your day. And we'll catch you on to the next one. Go be red.